Hey there, everybody. How are you? Uh, this is Steeple Jack, Reverend Dr. Ken Ferguson from the uh, Central Village Congregational Church in beautiful Central Village, Connecticut. And if you don't know where that is, look it up. <laughs> it's on the uh, eastern frontier of uh, Connecticut, probably about a mm, stone's throw, six miles, something like that from uh, Rhode Island. And, uh, you know, former mill town. I guess we're still waiting for the mills to come back. It's pretty quiet, pretty rural. But uh, that's where we are. Um, this is the sixth week of Easter. And uh, May 17th is the Sunday that we recognize for this day. And um, we're still in the middle of uh, trying to transition back to some kind of opening uh, during this um, pandemic for uh, COVID-19. And... Um, it's uh, uneven, you know, around the around the United States and in Canada. Um, I know today is Saturday for me, the day before the 17th, the 16th, and uh, in Massachusetts, a group of people gathered at the home of the uh, governor to protest his uh, keeping things locked up. Um, I don't know. Is it safe? Don't know. I know there was a there was a protest in Wisconsin um, because they and ultimately the Supreme Court nullified the executive order of the Wisconsin governor. But you know of the of the gathering, they didn't wear any face masks, and I believe seventy people uh, tested positive after that gathering. So it's not any easy or simple thing. Um, so anyway, that's where we are culturally. Politically, who knows where we are, but where are you, you know, um, personally, uh, physically, emotionally? All these questions are important as we uh, gather together to connect spiritually at a distance. This is Days to Remember, and uh, today we're going to be focusing on um, uh, what it means to be connected and how are we connected as people of faith? Even if we aren't gathering together, that's uh, an important focus of the, the scripture this week. But um, I want to start off, as I usually do, with a little bit of uh, Chuck Brodsky reading um, Nick Annis's In the Beginning. I think that's a good way to just start. And then um, we'll have a little tune from a, a guy named Sean Forrest. If you've never heard of Sean, I'm not surprised. He's not like, you know, on your radio necessarily, but he has a great website. He has lots of good music and uh, you might want to check him out. But um, be that as it may, <laughs> May, yes, this is May, uh, the 17th of May, Sunday, the sixth Sunday of Easter. And I'm Steeplejack. Hi. Welcome. In the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving across the face of the waters. It's an oral history that was handed down, father to son, word of mouth, from Adam to Seth, from Seth to Enos, from Enos to Canaan, for 40 generations, a growing, changing story, handed down, word of mouth, father to son till Moses gets it down on lambskin, but lambskins wear out. They need to be recopied. 
So you have copies of 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 an oral history passed down through 40 generations. From Hebrew, it's translated to Arabic, from Arabic to Greek, from Greek to Latin, from Latin to Russian, from Russian to German, from German to an old form of English that you could not read. Through 400 years of evolution of the English language, the book we have today, which is a translation of 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 a copy 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 of an oral history passed down through 40 generations. You can't put a grocery list through that many translations, copies and retellings, and not get some big changes to the dinner menu when the kids make it home from Earth Fair. And yet people are killing each other over this written word. Here's a tip. If you're killing somebody, in the name of God, you are missing the message.
Hey, so I'm back. Uh, that was um, Sean Forrest with his tune, uh, Defending Our Faith. Before that was uh, the spoken word piece by Nick Annis, performed by Chuck Brodsky uh, in the beginning. And so um, on this uh, sixth Sunday of Easter, I thought I would just share with you uh, some thoughts as we engage uh, this day. And... Uh, you know, affirm that we long for community in the presence of God. In this day, Christ tells us that we will never be alone. An advocate, spirit of truth, will share the journey with us. May love of God be with you. May we know the presence of the advocate as we gather in this community of peace. And may truth, your truth, lead us to the path of discipleship with deeds of bold mercy and courageous justice. We are an Easter people, and as an Easter people, following a risen Savior, may the life of Jesus live on in us and through us. Let us pray. Ever-present one, we have come here today for many reasons. To be present to one another, albeit distantly, we each have our own story. We each have our own struggles. May the reasons that we present ourselves to you this day in our own sacred story be reflected 
in the hope and possibility presented to us by Jesus. Enable us to move boldly into the future and fulfill the hope of love that Jesus taught, even as we pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. So the scripture lesson this week, the gospel lesson actually, is from John's gospel. The love gospel, if you ever heard me say that. It's, <laughs> it always makes me think of, uh, you know, just the, the love gospel. Because that's, that's basically what it was. You know, John's, John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, whosoever shall live and believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You know, it's called the love gospel. And it's separate from the other three synoptic gospels. And so John 15, 1 through 8, it talks about how we're connected to one another through God. You've probably heard this passage before, so the challenge is going to be to listen for something new, a little different, something, something special. See what you can grasp out of this. Jesus is speaking. He says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You've already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you. Ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. John 15, 1 through 8. I'm Steeplejack. This is Days to Remember. So give a listen to Chuck Brodsky, Our Gods, actually one of my favorite songs about who we worship, how we worship, and how it's such a challenge to be a person of faith in this world, and even, I think, more difficult now as we are separate, distant, and challenged by so many things. our gods we buy souvenirs admire our trinkets 
in front of our mirrors A hat with a cross A shirt with a star The names of our teens tattooed on our arms We're giving our gods at the moment of birth The gods of our fathers, all others be cursed At the earliest age we memorize verse The gospel as it is written Swear at our gods and curse our riding luck from the side of the road where we self-destruct. We ask them to save us, to get us unstuck from the muck that we get ourselves into. Temples of stained glass and hand-cut stones. We built for our gods such magnificent homes. We visit sometimes, but we don't stay long Not when the football games are on We make deals with our gods to win back what we've lost And in our pants' pockets, our fingers are crossed Lord, give us this day, make these prosperous times And help us to cover our crimes Sears and say show us the script that our gods have left for us stashed in some crypt our secrets they say what has never been told yours for a pile of your gold For our gods, we wage holy wars, assassinate presidents and burn down bookstores, massacre children to settle old scores, yelling, our gods are great. Well, our gods must be proud of the blood on our hands and the way we go conquering faraway lands. Of our gods, who oh, may the glory be theirs, let the spoils and the plunders be ours. We serve our gods in such humorless ways, rituals we do and laws we obey. Sometimes in between we pray, but how often do we say, I love you? On Days to Remember, I'm Steeple Jack, and that was Chuck Brodsky singing Our Gods. Um, how often do we say, I love you, I love you, I love you. So um, the scriptural lesson today is a pretty challenging one. If you spend a lot of time getting into the, uh, 
the fruitfulness and the not fruitfulness and the pruning and the burning and all those kinds of things. I mean, and there are people that want to do that and I, I can appreciate that. And I'm not ignoring it or, you know, negating it, but I think there's a more powerful message in this than simply, um, you know, this, the in and the out, the we and the they, all that kind of stuff. I, I, I'm, I'll admit to you that I'm tired of the competition of the, the we and the they, um, the divisions, you know, I, 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 I can't, I can't say that often enough. Um, in the, uh, we are the uh, United Church of Christ at Central Village Congregational Church. And the United Church of Christ is an important factor uh, in who we are. Um, we're united, albeit diverse. We're united in our differences. And, uh, <laughs> They, I can remember back that there was a um, a role playing game, and uh, you know how the you know like with youth groups and stuff, they have sometimes they'll have a role playing game, and and this particular role game playing game focused on not the United Church of Christ, but the Untied Church of Christ, the way in which the church is sometimes divisive, broken, separate over often little bitty things, you know? I mean, why are there so many denominations? If we are, in fact, abiding together in Christ, you know, and it has to do with, a, a lot to do at least, with ego and, you know, what we, we think is truth, as it were. So, you know, um, somebody was asking me the other day, what's the difference between the American Baptist Church and the United Church of Christ? And I said, well, you know, as far as I can tell, the, the major difference is how much water at baptism and when is the baptism. While the United Church of Christ generally, although not exclusively, celebrates infant baptism with a lot less water, sprinkling, pouring, but no dunking, no dipping, you know, that's generally not our, our tradition. Although there are people that do it and there's nothing wrong with it, but the American Baptist group um, tends to be dedicated to believer baptism. So they may have a, a dedication of an infant, but then um, looking for baptism about the same time that the United Church of Christ looks for people to consider confirming the vows made for them at their infant baptism. I mean, they're all nuances, all, you know, all small things, you know, when you consider maybe some of the bigger things. And and I have to tell you that in these times of isolation and distancing, I believe we are beginning to get a perspective on what is important. And so many times we fight about things that are so trivial so minute, so minute, so tiny, you know, that we, we, we separate ourselves and distance ourselves from other people only because other, because we have a, a struggle to, um, you know, want to be right. And I think it's important. 
that we understand the nature of this text for what it is. I'm the vine, you are the branches. My father is a vine dresser. Okay, well, we can get into the vine dresser thing if you want, but I think it's a, more about connectivity and connectedness and unitedness than it is about division and separateness and strain. Yeah, we are separated by distance. The people that we love, that we might like to say we, we love them, aren't nearby. But we have technology. We have Zoom and we have Skype and we have telephones. Although people don't usually use their telephones for telephones anymore. They use it for everything but. But, and, you know, nevertheless, whatever. We have ways of being connected if we want to understand that this virus is going to invite us to have some new ways of being connected. We're not going to go back to the same old ways that we were. We're not going to be as connected. We're not going to be shaking hands. <laughs> I don't know if you saw this, but I forget, was it in Germany, I think, that they were asking people at a restaurant to put these noodles, you know, like these pool, swimming pool noodles, you know, put the swimming pool noodles on uh, their heads. And that was <laughs> providing some distance. I mean, it looked goofy, but it also looked like it might be a little bit fun. You know, I'm not sure if it's going to be fun every day, but, you know, it looked like it could be really fun. So uh, when we start to uh, look at the text of John 15, the first eight verses, we begin to, to realize that our work is to look at how we are alive together and how it is we do bear fruit. Let's focus on the positive, boys and girls. What kind of fruit might we bear, especially in this time of uh, separateness? There seems to be an awful lot of hard-heartedness around relative to, you can't tell me what to do. You know, <laughs> you're not the boss of me. Um, you can't uh, tell me I can't worship. You can't, you know, <clears throat> it, it was really surprising to me that the Wisconsin Supreme Court, when it deemed that the stay-at-home order by the Wisconsin governor was unconstitutional, that people rushed to bars, unprotected, shoulder to shoulder, elbow to elbow, no masks. And I guess they thought they had to prove a point. But I don't know that they're working for the greater good. And I believe that John's gospel invites us as people of faith to try and find ways to work more effectively together and separately, for what might be considered the greater good. Not our own ego, not our own rightness, but what is going to be the greater good. So I don't know what, what this means for you and me, but it's important to give, a, give ourselves some time to consider what it is we're going to have to do differently when we do reopen as churches. We're not going to be publicly singing anymore at least for about a year and a half. You know, the, pretty much the guidelines are, we're not, not going to have people singing because when people sing, they spew. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. 
you know, even preachers. When preachers preach, they, they spew. And so it's going to be important for the preacher to even wear a mask, I think. And that's going to feel weird. It's going to feel strange. But is it going to prohibit us from abiding together? Is it going to prohibit us from connecting to one another and to God in effective ways? It's going to be different. But we've got to be creative and affirm the greater good, which is to bear witness to God who loves us, no matter who we are, no matter where we are in life's journey. So think about these things this week. So I want to engage you in a little bit of uh, prayer time and uh, look at the ways in which we uh, might be celebrating some things. Now, there was a young woman we prayed about a couple weeks ago that um, not only had uh, tested positive and was having symptoms, but also had some chronic illness. Um, and uh, I'm celebrating this week that she has had uh, a, a pretty good recovery. She still gets tired and whatnot, but she has had a pretty good recovery. I know that people are still struggling financially, and that is part of what is driving some of the very negative things, you know, uh, that I read and hear um, that push to get the country open again. But I think we have to uh, look at how we're going to uh, be effective and still be safe. So... You know, I don't have any magic answers for it, but it's worthy of prayer. And, you know, there are the usual prayers about, you know, heart disease and cancer. And um, there was some nat national natural disaster in terms of um, maybe there was a tornado in western Massachusetts. Don't know, but people were left homeless as the wind took the roof off the uh, their, their apartment complex. I mean, there's all those kinds of things that still go on. And, of course, now they've discovered or decided that the beaches of uh, New York and New Jersey and Connecticut are going to be open. I don't know about Massachusetts beaches, but they're going to be open for Memorial Day. And uh, that presents something of a challenge, perhaps, you know? And I think it's important that we uh, look at you know, how we're going to respond to that. You just can't go running down to the beach. So anyway, I invite you in time of prayer. Separated, but together. Abiding in the vine and the branches of Christ. Let us pray. Merciful and gracious God, we look to you as the perfecter of our faith and pray and believe that you will guide us, and direct us, strengthen us, encourage us as we look to find our way safely in this world. We pray for those who suffer from the virus. We pray for those who have died, their families, the suffering so far, over 86,000 people in this country. We mourn with them. 
we acknowledge their grief and pray that you would attend their suffering. People on ventilators, people who can't visit their people in the hospital, people who can't remember a life lost in the way that they'd like to. Bless, we pray, those who are struggling with all maladies, all illnesses. We pray that your healing would be upon each one. We ask you, loving God, to be present and active to the leaders of this country. Give them wisdom, strength. Remind them that the virus is not over. And as much as there is pressure from many places to reopen the country, that the parameters need to be ones of safety and caring. Dear God, we lift before you our desire to affirm the greater good, to bear fruit worthy of your love. And help us, we pray, in the power, in the example, in the teaching of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. So I'm going to leave you with uh, one more tune from uh, one of my favorite bands, but it's just important to uh, to look at the different kinds of music that there is. I mean, uh, what's your favorite kind of music? I, I may not be touching it <laughs> in this podcast. I tend to draw more toward, you know, singer-songwriter, uh, folky kind of stuff, um, those kinds of uh, ideas. But um, I just didn't know what kind of music you like. I I've picked uh, one of my favorite genres, which is Celtic rock. Um, I, I played uh, a Kaylee Rain tune, I believe, last week. And, of course, Celtic rock takes all forms. This band is a band that I, was the first Celtic rock band I ever heard of. And they used to be called Clan Nagale, but then they ran into some, I don't know, some trademark problems with somebody else using the ter term Clan Nagale. And so they decided to name themselves Seven Nations to represent the seven Celtic nations. And um, they use bagpipes in lieu of uh, lead guitar. Uh, they're from Florida, actually. Um, Kirk McLeod is the leader, the lead singer. They all look good in a kilt, if that's important to you. But you can look them up on the web and uh, plug into their music. They play a lot of Scottish festivals, Irish festivals around the country. Uh, of course, those aren't going to be happening. So perhaps uh, you might want to look up their website and see what other kind of music they have that you might enjoy it. But um, before I play that, I just want to say, bless you. As we now leave this time of worship and reflection, let true love be freely given and received. May you be encouraged and blessed by the advocate whose love warms and surrounds you like the sun, believing that God is with us always, as close as our beating hearts. Be at peace. God bless you. Amen.
I'm Steeplejack. These are the days to remember. I feel the right. 